0: Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, choose joy. joy. So we've been in this series where we've been talking about choosing joy. And how many guys know that joy is a choice, not something that your circumstances automatically give you? Can I get an amen on that? And so I was, I remember we went on a, uh, well, before I say that, how many guys have ever driven one of them old vehicles that had way too much play in the steering wheel? Everyone over 35 is like, yeah, yeah, I learned on one of those bad boys, right? So, uh, you know, like the old vans or old trucks, you know, and it's like you can do this, but it doesn't affect the truck whatsoever, right? Like, so you just, <laughs> you can kind of scare people, but like, I think we lost the steering, you know, like, but, uh, so, so uh, I've driven a few of those before. And so we went on this youth trip to 220 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I was a, I was a youth pastor for years. And so we were going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, so we had, we had about 35 kids going on a youth trip. And I was no joke as a youth pastor. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like a drill sergeant. Uh, we had two kids on our youth trip. Um, I found them, um, this is going to sound, sorry if it offends you, but whatever. So uh, I found them like kissing behind a dumpster on the youth trip. So what's the solution to that, right? You make them clean the bathroom of their hotel, which there's eight people in, by the way. I'm pretty sure we broke some sort of rule for that. They clean the bathroom with their toothbrush. And I made it a point that they were never allowed to buy another one the whole trip. I was like, listen, if y'all going to kiss each other, you're gonna, it's going to be worth it. All right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, just for the record. So anyways, uh, so they didn't brush their teeth the whole trip. But we were on this trip and we were driving, right? And we get in this van. There's, uh, it's a 15-passenger bus van thing. Uh, there were 17 kids in it. You do the math. Okay, so uh, we were driving. And so what I noticed, like, man, when we got over about 50 miles an hour, like, there was a lot of play in this steering wheel, man. So I'm driving, but it's like... So I noticed very early on, I'm going to have to pay close attention to this because like there's an 18 wheeler on this side of you and a ditch on this side of you. Right. So there's like not a lot of you don't get a lot of grace. okay And so I'm driving and I'm like white knuckle grabbing the steering wheel, like terrified. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like these kids lives are in my hand. Right. So I'm driving and what I noticed is I was stressing out. Like I was stressing and they were chilling, okay? Like, cause they were none the wiser of the fact that we were that close to death, okay? I'm just gonna be, like, they're eating Skittles and beef jerky and drinking Red Bulls and Mountain Dews, okay? Like that's, that was the life they were living in that moment because everyone knows when you go on a road trip, you buy snacks like you're 10, okay? So it's just like, you, you lose your age in that moment. And so they're just like having a good time, partying up, like things were great. And I noticed something, they didn't have a care in the world but I was stressing hard over keeping that van or bus or whatever it was on the road. Right? But isn't that how some of us feel right now in life? Like we're driving our own lives, and we're like stressing over how things are going, like, like uh, whatever, like just 2020 in general, right? Like it's another storm, you know what I mean? Like uh, is there a hurricane coming? in? Um, it, like what book of Revelation are we going to be in tomorrow? Like just all the above, right? Like so it's just crazy in life right now. And here's what some of us, some of us, if we were honest, behind our mask, we're kind of freaking out a little bit because life is getting crazy. As a matter of fact, I have a picture about what some of us feel like right now in life. Go ahead, guys. Where is it at? (laughs) Right? (laughs) The room is on fire. This is fine. Everything's fine, right? That's kind of how we feel in life a little bit. But here's what I noticed, that God wants to bring something into our life that would help, because we're talking about joy but today I want to talk to you about the thing that is, walks in tandem with joy in our life. Matter of fact, if you don't have this, joy isn't even possible. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to talk about peace. <laughs> Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've talked in some of the other parts of the Choose Joy series where we talked about being connected to God and how your connection to God is a source of joy for you. And so what he's saying is, may, may the God of, uh, fill you with all joy and, say that word, peace, as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God wants to give you joy and peace. Why? So that you'll overflow with hope. And how many of you have felt hopeless in certain points? And so what we want to talk to you, I want to talk to you a little bit about the thing that's keeping you up at night. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the thing that has been troubling you. The stuff you really haven't been talking to other people about, or maybe you have been, but it's been, it's even changed your appetite. It's changed how you sleep. You can't rest. It's almost like you can't turn your mind off on this thing. I want to talk to you about that a little bit because God says if we'll deal with that properly, joy becomes possible. But if we don't deal with that, joy is impossible. And so God wants to bring that to us. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says this Humble yourselves. Well, man, God got me already. Humble yourselves therefore under god's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time i don't know about you guys but it is hard for me to humble myself in front of the lord here's the reason why i would never say this out loud and neither with you but our actions would show otherwise i feel like i know what's better for me than god does oh okay i said i like how many of you ever have some good suggestions for god right? Like, Lord, just hear me out for a second. Let me just walk you through what's on my mind. We can try to wrestle, you know what I mean? Like those of you watching online, right? Like, let me just, I feel like, God, if you would just take my suggestions and do it my way on my schedule, using my resources, and really not ask me any questions, I feel like we would get where we're trying to go better. Okay, so we're in the right church today. So, What happens in 1 Peter is God says, before you're going to do anything, humble yourself. That means take the back seat with your plan to God's plan for your life. And so what happens? He says, if you'll humble yourself under my mighty hand, then I'll lift you up at the right time. You see that thing that you've been stressing about? At the right time, I'll do the right thing with it. At my time, I'll I'll bring all things in full circle for you to understand and see how I was going to work all things together for the good of those who love me or called according to my purpose. uh, In my time, that means that we have to surrender our time, not just what the outcome will be. We'll also have to surrender the time frame in which God is going to do it. I don't know about you guys, but I have a hard time with that. Because I'm like, God, listen, like the thing that what I'm thinking of might be illegal. But we would get some stuff done with it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But God says, no, no, no. I want you to take, like, humble yourselves. Matter of fact, when it comes to the things that are keeping us up at night, God says this. Anxiety only exists when we're the ones fighting for control. Anxiety only exists when we're the ones fighting for control. You see, I want to help you out with something. Those of you that are online, those of you that are in the room. God's already got some of this figured out. Like he even went out of his way to write a book about the end of it where he still wins. I want you to lean in for uh, like God's already got it figured out for you. He still wins. I I even want to go a step further and just speak to you what I feel like the Holy Spirit put on my heart to tell you this morning. God's already marked the day on the calendar of heaven for when he's going to move on your behalf. Like he's already set the plan in motion for you. Know, some of y'all need to celebrate what God's going to do in your life. You've been praying for it and praying for it and praying for it. I'm here to tell you today, God has already marked the time frame. He's already created a time block in heaven where the thing you've been praying about, God's going to move on your behalf. And so what we have to do is humble our, all right, God, I'm putting it in your hands. We have to surrender that. And so Philippians 4 4 through 7 says this Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Hear me joy is possible when the Lord is near. But now, this next part is where he gets us. Do not be anxious about anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't be anxious. Look back at him and say, mind your business. How about that? Okay. (laughs) Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, hear me. In every situation, it says. Not just the ones you want to invite God into the process on. Every situation. Right? Right? Through prayer and petition, not complaining and demanding. Oh, listen, how many, how many, go ahead, just lean in for a second. How many of some of our prayer lives aren't praying at all? It's just complaining to God about the things we don't like. God, I don't like this. I don't like this neither. I don't like how you did that. I don't like the time frame in which you did that. I don't like these people or these people or these people. Some of y'all like Dr. Cho. He pastors the biggest church in the world. He says, every day I pray for so many people because I hate so many people. <laughs> like, <laughs> some of you are in that space, right? Like, So here's the deal. For some of us, our, our prayer life is a complaining life. But hear me, it's not a, God lead me in the steps of righteousness today that I might see how you're going to maneuver the things of my life. It's God, I don't like this. And then we go home and it's like, yeah, I prayed today. But did you? Did you make the attempt to connect to God in a certain way? That he would move your heart on what he's doing in your life? Because that's what the prayer and petition is is really supposed to be like. So not complaining and demanding, although I think that we can vent to God sometimes. I heard someone tell me one time, like, you don't vent to the Lord. I'm like, then who do you vent to? I was like, me and God have some all-out verbal wrestling matches on the back porch. Like, God, I just want to let you know. I mean, your ways are higher than my ways, but right now, I feel like my ways are a lot higher. I just want you to know, I feel like we're close to a level playing field right now. (laughs) But through prayer and petition, hear me, with thanksgiving, not bitterness. Praying about what he's given you more than you're complaining about what you lost. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then it says... And the peace of God, which transcends, that means surpasses, which does, goes above your comprehension, all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, how many of y'all have ever heard just that line preached before? And the peace of God. Y'all who've been in the old school church? And the peace of God, <laughs> right, that passes all your understanding will guard your hearts and minds. But here's the thing. Sometimes they don't preach the verse. It's a then scenario. He says, don't be anxious. And in every situation with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then, say then. Then the peace of God. Which transcends your understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see. It's the peace of God connected to surrendering your anxieties to God that puts you in a position for God to move through your life. So what happens is we find ourselves in a place of worrying constantly because we're anxious looking for peace. And you can't have anxiousness. I I, I should say we should be doing everything in our power to surrender our anxieties so that we can sit in the peace. So that in that peace, we can have joy. Right? It's easier not to worry about anything when you're praying about everything. It's easier not to worry about anything. Because I say, you know, when someone comes me, hey, just don't worry. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, just don't worry. Don't be anxious. Like, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know. You don't Even some of you right now, you might be thinking like, Brad, you don't know what what I'm going, you don't know what's going on in my life. How could you tell me not to be anxious about this? How could you tell me not to worry about this? How could you tell me not to be concerned about this? You you know, Brad, it's very easy for you to say these things when you don't know what I'm going through. Hear me, friend, you don't know what I've been through. I I watched my son diagnosed with a brain disease at 18 months old, and he died two years ago when he was five and a half. So for, for four years... My wife and I and my parents and many of you very close to us sat by my son's bedside and gave him the best life we could. But hear me, tell me then not to be anxious about anything. But here's what I'll tell you. When you find the possibility of surrendering your anxieties to the God that's bigger than your problems, you see, we make God small and our problems big, and therefore we feel like we can't trust him with them. But when we realize that we serve a big God who sees our problems as small opportunities to impact us and those around us, it changes how we view the ability for God to do something great in our life and in the world around us. So it's easier not to worry about anything when you're praying about everything. And then when it says, do not worry or don't be anxious, it literally uh, is the same tone from Matthew 6 when Jesus is talking and he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. How many of y'all are like, I'm trying to live that way, Brad. Like, come on. Like, I'm just, like. It'll worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then he says in Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat or drink or about your body? What will you wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And he says in verse 27, Who of you by worrying... Can add a single hour to your life. What God is saying there is just because you're worrying about it doesn't mean you're helping yourself. How many of you have ever lost sleep over something and it made it better? No one. Right? There's two things I believe make everything worse not sleeping and not eating. Can we get an amen on that? Yeah, I think we can all agree. Yes, yeah, universal understanding, right? And if it's not you, look at your spouse right now because they'll tell you the truth, okay? <laughs> Somebody getting hangry. <laughs> but what happens, right? So the question becomes, how do we do it? Like I hear you, Brad. You're telling me not to worry. Cast my, don't, don't have anxiety. Don't have fear. Don't like what you're telling me not to not to do this. How do I do it? Well, I'm glad you asked. All right. First Peter 5, 6 through 7. Let's go back to that because it helps us. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. We got that part, right? Then he says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. How do we do it? By giving it to God. Now, when I say cast, I really mean cast. Say cast. So I I have this buddy that I uh, hang out with a lot named Patrick Waters. Some of you know him. That's my dude. Uh, Yeah, me and P-Dub, we go way back. And so um, at my biggest, I was 340 pounds. At his biggest, he was about five hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, when we walked in, restaurants got nervous. Okay, so like, <laughs> it's like, man, an NFL team out there? There are more, y'all? What's going on? So uh, we would walk into a restaurant, but here's what we would do. And a matter of fact, I got a picture of me and Patrick. Go ahead and throw it up there, guys. There we are. Look like cousins, don't we? He lost some weight there. I have not lost any weight there, but uh, that's irrelevant. But I went to a church one time, and they were like, "Are you Patrick's? Are you Patrick's cousin?" Uh, If you are, we'll take you to the front row. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, okay, let's, yeah. So, um, and so uh, that's me and Patrick. And so it's funny because Patrick will do this thing sometimes where when we go to order food, he'll tell the waitress. So we would order food. All right, I'm 340. He's 520. All right. We would order our food and they would say, do you want like an extra ranch or whatever with wings or whatever. Right. Right. They would ask that. He'd be like, oh, no, no, no. He's like, we're in training uh, for the Olympic high diving team. But stone cold face, like, like no, 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 we're we're training for the uh, Olympic high diving team right now. And then, have you ever seen a waitress that wanted to laugh but didn't know if they could? <laughs> like they're like, <laughs> right? like, so that's what that's what would happen. Um, and then like me or Pastor Justin, because we'd all be we'd be like, he's kidding, like we're <laughs> okay. It's next year's Olympics, not this year's Olympics. No, just, wait. <laughs> But it reminded me of the 2016 Olympics when our women's uh, when our women's team was running the relay race in track. And in 2016, they went to uh, they were running the relay. They went to pass the baton, and what they said happened is one of them didn't grab it. One of them had it, and when they went to hand it off, they she thought the other one had it already. But there was something happening in the lane beside them, and she didn't. And so for a moment, they both had it, but then they both let go of it, and it fell. And now luckily, uh, they got to rerun the race and then they actually won and then they got the gold and all that stuff. But in 2016, what happened is they both held on to it so long that the other one thought they had it and they dropped it. What I want you to understand today is that when the Bible says to cast our cares on God, some of us think of a baton and a relay race. And it looks like this, God, I'm giving it to you, but I'm not letting go of it until I know you got it. And what happens is we end up in an unintentional spiritual tug-of-war over our problems. I got it. No, 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 you got it. Okay, I got it. No, 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 you got it. I, I, I got Okay, you got it, right? And what, what the Bible is trying to teach us right here is it's not a thing where both of us hold on to our problems. It's, it's literally casting a net or throwing a ball. It's saying, you know what? You can have it. And having the faith that God's going to catch it when you let it go. Matter of fact, I put it like this in your notes. Whatever you're going through, it cannot be your problem and God's problem at the same time. And for many of us, we're trying to run a relay race and keep what we're going through. Keep our anxieties. Keep our problems. Keep our struggles. When what we should really do is say, all right, God, you know what? I'm not really ready for this. So you're going to have to help me out. But I believe your ways are higher than my ways. That's what the Bible says, and I'm going to trust it. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. The word says you'll hold back no good thing from your children. So, God, it's all yours. And you let go of the thing that's weighing you down. The thing is, that's a little hard, isn't it? You see, Tim Keller puts it like this. He says, worry is believing God won't get it right. And bitterness is believing that God got it wrong. You see, God is working and operating in your life. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and and not be faint. Those who put their hope, those who put their confidence, those who say, God, I'm going to trust you even though I don't know how this is going to end up. Those who have still a level of uncertainty, those who are putting their faith, those who are believing that God is going to carry this even though I don't know how, those who's unsure of their degree, they're unsure of their career, you're unsure of that relationship, you're unsure of that marriage, you're unsure of all the things in life that you're going through, but those who put their hope I say, you know what, I don't know how any of this is going to end. But what I know is if I put my hope in God, those nights where you're anxious, those times where you feel like you can't go anymore, those moments where you feel too tired, he says it's in those moments that you'll soar on wings like eagles. You'll run and you'll not get weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. So it's those times, John Ellicott says this, be rid of that painful anxiety which is inevitable in all who feel themselves alone in their self-dependence surrounded by the difficulties and dangers of life. It is possible to rise above it though by casting our care on him who cares for us. I know for me and Ashley, we've walked this journey out. And hear me, it hadn't always been easy. Me and God had some all-out verbal wrestling matches on my back porch, like I've said. Like, God, nope. I even told God, I trust you, but I don't trust your plan. I love you, but I don't know what you're going to do here. And you know what? The perfect peace makes perfect joy possible. When I say, you know what? Whatever you do, I believe that you love me more than I love him. And hear me, God loves you more than whatever you're wanting to be right. And so God is looking out for you. Peace can lead to joy, but joy can never be had without peace. Matthew 6 26 says this, look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up food, but your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? If God went out of his way to make sure that the animals in nature who aren't made in his image or likeness have what they need, don't you think that God knows what your needs are? And hear me, he's ready to meet them. Now, if you're praying for a yacht, I don't know how that's going to work out for you. Unless you're a CEO, then call me. I'll come, the whole thing, it'll be great. We'll grill out on your eye. We'll do the whole nine, okay, it'll be awesome. (laughs) What I'm saying is, for many of you, your prayers are not unrealistic. God, would you get me through this? I'm not asking for everything. I'm just asking that you would help see me through this. And God's saying, not only will I see you through it, How make sure that you know how much I love you when you get through it. Many of you have heard the poem, Footprints. There's two footprints in the sand. And then uh, there's only one set of footprints. And the person goes, God, how come, how come during the season of my life when things were so hard, you left me? And God told the man who was having the dream. He said, that's not where I left you. That's why I carried you. Can I tell you a secret? There's only ever been one set of footprints because God's never stopped carrying you. He's had you the whole time. And it was only in the seasons you weren't willing to let go of the baton that you felt like you were running your own race. But God's got you. Matter of fact, God's put something inside you. God believes in you so much that it's not even just about you. He wants to build a life in you where you impact someone else. How many of you guys were here last week when my man Jonathan started singing? That was something, wasn't it? I said, oh, okay. Right? But hear me. When he used what God put inside of him, how many of you did it impact you? It impacted me. Well, guess what? God put something in you that way. That when you use the gift God put in you, it would impact the world around you just like that did. Now, you may go, but I don't know what that is. We want to help you with what that is. That's the reason we even have next steps. We want to help you discover your purpose and how you can plug it in to create the same impact in other people that Jonathan created in you. And guess what? We got a whole team full of people up here that whenever they sing, it's like, okay. I get envious, right, because I can't sing, right? I can sing paint off the wall, but it's because of bad vibrations. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, That's not the gift I have. So I love it when other people use their gift. But hear me, maybe God has put inside of you right now the ability to minister to kids in a special way. And you're not using that gift right now, but there's 20, 30, 40 kids down the hallway that are waiting to have the same impact in their life that you felt when he used his. Now you're like, maybe it's not kids. You're like, nope, absolutely not. You're not talking to me. That's not the Holy Spirit. because I know I ain't, right? But maybe you have the ability to make people feel like they just walked into a home when they walk into a church. God wants to use that too. Whatever it is, God's put inside of you. And next steps can be a part of that. Today, right after this service, down the hallway in the next steps room. If you want to figure out what your purpose is, join us, we'll help you. Because finding your purpose a lot of times is what helps you find your peace. And then lastly, as we get ready to wrap this up. And even with that, I just want you to know some people have told us, like, well, I don't, if I serve on a team, then I miss church. No, no, that's why I have two services. So we, what we believe at TC, worship one and serve one. Worship in one service, lift your hands and worship. Amen, the pastor. Laugh at his jokes. Do all that stuff, right? Thank you. And then, <laughs> then <laughs> thank you. Okay, so, but like, so sit in one service and do nothing. but Go to another service and, and use the gift and impact people's lives. Hear me you'll find more fulfillment in that than you find in a lot of the things in your life. So I told you about the 220 trip when we were driving, I was driving the van. And, and so uh, at one point me and my boy Daniel switched. So I was driving and you remember, I told you like I was, I was gripping the steering wheel. I was making sure we stayed on the road. Like I was doing the whole thing. Well, he had only ever drove a Mitsubishi Lancer in his life. Some of y'all see where this is going. So he started driving and it, the van was just swaying all over the road. Like it was just like we were within inches of an 18 wheeler at one point. I remember thinking to myself like, well, this is the end. It's been real. You know, like, and then like what happens to get away from that, right? Then you yank it over, but then like, again, play like, uh, so we're, uh, then you hit the reflectors, you know, like, so it's complete anarchy in the van at this point, right? There's 17 teenagers screaming their heads off every time we move, right? So like, then we've got this batch over here, they're crying, you know what I mean? Like, not just like, oh my God, but like, oh! like, so they're crying. This group is screaming. This group is crying. Some of them are just waving their hands in the back. They're like, just stop already. Like, just. Like I, one of them, I heard one of them call his mom and was like, I don't think we're going to make it. You know, like, so then like, this is happening. One of them was like, just stop at the next rex- the rest exit. Like we'll, we'll walk to Baton Rouge. I'm like, man, we hadn't even got to Mobile yet. Like y'all never- <laughs> know like, you have no sense of direction, right? So, so we're like, we're in this place and they were te- like, they thought they were, we're going to die. That's what's going to happen. Like we're all going out together. At least it's been fun. That was exactly how it felt on the bus, right? Why though? Because Daniel, Daniel was not driving the way I was driving. He didn't know what he was doing. And some of you in life are like the teenagers in the back of the bus. Just stop already. I'll walk. Like, I want no part of this. <laughs> You're calling your mom. Mom, I don't know what we're going to do. This is just the end. I but in all honesty, we laugh. But that's how some of you feel. You're waving your hands at God saying, God, I've had enough. I've had enough with this marriage, this relationship, this degree, this career. I've had enough fighting you, feeling like everything is a struggle. My anxieties are too high. I can't sleep at night. My appetite is gone. I'm just so concerned and I don't know what to do with it. And what God is trying to tell you is you don't know how to drive the bus of your life. Because when you do, you get far too close to the things you're not supposed to be close to and you don't even know how to steer. But if you'll give the wheel to me, God says. He says, I'm much better at driving your life than you are. And so we surrender to the one. Listen, when I was driving, when he was driving, were the circumstances different? No. All the things around the van were still there. But when the person that knew how to navigate had his hand on the steering wheel, all of us that were riding in it were at peace, except for me. But here's the deal. I knew how to drive. And for some of you, you're feeling the anxiety because you're trying to drive rather than letting God take the anxieties on himself. But God says, Hear me, I'm much better at this than you are. And if we'll recognize that, we'll surrender and we'll get to our last point where you get to experience inward joy when you experience inward and outward peace. God says, I've got this. Hear me, church, one last time before we end today. God says, I've got this. Give me the wheel cast your cares on me because I care for you in Jesus name let's pray Father we thank you for today God we thank you that we can surrender all of what we have to you so God for those that are in the room or that are watching us online God whose anxieties have consumed them Father I pray that you would help. You would bring comfort and peace, encouragement and strength. God, that we would cast our cares on you, but not hold on to them while we try to give them to you, but that we would genuinely let them go. Because you care for us. We love you today. And we're so grateful that we serve a good God that loves us that much. So help us this week choose joy as we lean into peace because you're a God of peace. We thank you today and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed, I want you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a second. For some of you in here, you don't know God today. Maybe you know about God, but you don't know him. And today, before you leave, you say, Brad, I I think I need to get a few things right. You have not Given Jesus your life and followed through with that. And it's really hard to cast your cares on the one that you're not close to. But Jesus went to the cross and when he died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And today, to be close to God, it doesn't mean you have to do a lot of things. It means you have to put your faith in the one that did everything. And his name is Jesus. And today, if you want to give God your life, Today, if you're ready to put your faith in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. The Bible says that's all it takes for you to be forgiven and for you to know him. And today, if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing in you. I'm putting my faith in you. But we're going to pray a prayer together and declare it. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Even if you're watching this online, we want to invite you to do this with us. Let's pray, church, with all those that are giving their life to Jesus today. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. Amen. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.